From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you. We're starting off the week off right. We're going to be talking about last Friday's Friday Night Smackdown. We're going to be talking about AEW Rampage, and we're going back in time to 1996. We're going to be talking about the 1996 Survivor Series pay-per-view from Madison Square Garden. But before we get into all that, I got to salute my passengers Thank you, everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast from all over the world. Not just the United States, but Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Ireland, Germany. The list goes on and on, and I salute all you passengers. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Without you, there is no me. I appreciate you all. I salute you all. And I'm going to be giving back to you guys as much as I can. We're going to be here every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with new content here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So without further ado, let's get into this Super Stack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for choosing the Wrestling DeLorean podcast to be a part of your morning routine here on this beautiful Monday morning. I appreciate everybody. I salute you guys. We have a super stack show for you today. Like I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about Friday Night SmackDown, AEW Rampage, and we're going to go all the way back in time and talk about the 1996 edition of Survivor Series from Madison Square Garden, where in the main event, we had HBK Shawn Michaels defending his WWF World Heavyweight Champion against Psycho Sid. We also had the very first one-on-one encounter between Bret the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And also on that show, we had Paul Bear suspended high in a shark tank. We had Undertaker versus Mankind. We're going to talk all about that later on. But first, let's talk about Friday Night SmackDown. SmackDown was star-studded. It was super stacked. And we got a lot of implications going into the Elimination Chamber and going into WrestleMania because two big matches were signed, one including Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Champion. It is now official, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it is now officially going to be at Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, Roman Reigns versus Bill Goldberg. 
This is a very controversial decision by the WWE. I know a lot of people are saying, come on, how much Goldberg do we need? You know, Oldberg, people are calling him Oldberg. You know, come on. Like they, People are sick of seeing Goldberg. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I, I talked a lot of shit about Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. I said no one needed to see Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. And I can, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm a little pissed off that every time this man comes in once in a blue moon, he's constantly getting title shots. Now, he's not winning these title shots, but he comes back and he gets a brand new title shot. At the end of the day, whether you like it or not, you got to remember, this is the WWE. The WWE is here to make marquee matches. The WWE is a factory. It's a cycle. It keeps on going. Whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, this is going to continue to happen. Now, I can't stress enough that we've been shown numerous times in the last decade that the WWE is not willing to make new stars. The WWE is going to continue to rely on past stars, especially when they go to Saudi Arabia. The Saudi prince wants his legends. That's the reason why we got Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement going against, you know, Shawn Michaels and... Triple H going against the Brothers of Destruction a couple years ago. That, that's the reason why we got Undertaker versus Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. That's why The Fiend wrestled Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. That's why we had John Cena come back for the first Saudi Arabian show. Because the Prince wants his legends. It's not a coincidence that Goldberg been on more Saudi Arabian shows than anyone else. Maybe that's not true. I'm just saying. Goldberg is going to be in this spot because where else do you put Goldberg? Goldberg comes and goes when he comes and goes and when he comes, he gets a title shot. And it's been this way for a while. So for everybody getting upset about it, there's no need to get upset. If you don't like it, don't watch the product because honestly, this has been the same product for years. So if you want change, then fucking watch something else. Because if you continue to watch the same thing, expecting a different result, then that is the definition of insanity. And it's not like, it is not like Goldberg is going to win anyway, because we know for goddamn sure we're going to be getting Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Whether that's title for title when Brock Lesnar beats everyone in the Elimination Chamber or whether Brock Lesnar loses in the Elimination Chamber and it's just for Roman's Universal title, we can probably guarantee that we're getting Brock versus Roman. I do not think in any way, any shape or form we're going to be getting Brock versus Goldberg at WrestleMania. So, with that being said... It's whatever. The Saudi Arabian show, the uh, the Elimination Chamber show, is in a few weeks. We're not going to see much of Goldberg. Goldberg's going to come. Maybe he'll show up this week on Friday Night SmackDown. He'll show up in Saudi Arabia, and he will lose, and then Goldberg will go away. 
So, with that being said, it's whatever. At this point, it's not going to invoke that much emotion into me. I am quite surprised I see many, many people totally getting in their feelings because Bill Goldberg is on WWE television again. What do you expect? This is the WWE. Goldberg for like the last five, six years been getting title shot after title shot after title shot. So what do you expect? You think Goldberg was going to come back in and fucking face Nakamura for the Intercontinental title? Hell no. And you think Goldberg is going to go away? No. Even though Goldberg says every match might be his last, it's not his last. Goldberg is going to continue to fucking make these appearances. He will continue to get title shots. I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Lashley retains at the at the uh, Elimination Chamber and we get Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg at WrestleMania for the third time. And if that happens, I think the IWC will melt down with fucking tears because everyone's sick of Goldberg. What is it? What is it about Goldberg that you're sick of? Goldberg doesn't get the same respect as Austin. The Rock, when The Rock comes back, you know, The Rock, fucking Rock came back after not wrestling for a year and ended the CM Punk title reign. I didn't see this uproar. Goldberg is a legend. And I'm not trying to even sound like a hypocrite because I was totally against Goldberg coming in and facing Bobby Lashley. But when Goldberg came in and faced Bobby Lashley twice for the WWE Champion this past year, I came to terms with it. I said, this is just what it's going to be. The WWE is constantly going to bring in Goldberg and give him title shots. So when Goldberg comes back for a title shot and I've already accepted this as reality, why would I get upset about it? People hitting me up. What's your thoughts on Goldberg? Kind of fucked up, right? What you think about Goldberg coming in and facing Roman Reigns? I told him, I really don't care for it, but I'm not going to get mad at it because this is the same product for the last decade. WWE been doing this shit for a whole decade. So why are you getting in your feelings? Stop watching the product if the product's not for you. If you don't like the WWE and the way they run shit, Go watch AEW. If you don't like the way AEW runs shit, go watch Impact Wrestling. If you don't like the way Impact Wrestling runs shit, go watch NWA. Go watch MLW. Shit, XPW's back. Go watch XPW. Go watch GCW. Why are you going to continue to get upset about a product that's been the same for the last decade? The WWE ain't going to change. The WWE's making record earnings. Why would they change now? Why would they change? Because you're upset. They're not going to change. At the end of the day, this is the way it goes. Also on this episode of SmackDown, Ronda Rousey makes her decision. She's going to be going against Charlotte at WrestleMania. A lot of people are upset about this too. This don't make much sense to me. But... It is what it is. Charlotte, first of all, Charlotte being in the Royal Rumble as the champion was stupid to me in the first place. 
Second of all, Charlotte being chosen by Ronda Rousey don't make much sense to me. Ronda Rousey beat Charlotte in the past. Becky Lynch is the only women's wrestler in the WWE to beat Ronda Rousey. So why wouldn't Ronda Rousey go after Becky? And boy, I swear to God, if we get another three-way between these three women. Because like I said on the last episode, if you remember back to WrestleMania 34, 33, whatever it was, that wasn't a good match. It wasn't a good match. And I'm kind of sick of seeing Becky and Charlotte. Then again, I'd be a hypocrite if I get upset about this because I just said that the WWE's been doing the same shit for the last decade. If you don't like it, then go watch something else. Maybe I'll watch something else then. You know, there was good wrestling on this show. Los Lotharios versus The New Day. Really good matchup. Really, really did enjoy Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder. I don't know why I, I, I enjoyed that match. I love Nakamura to death. I'm not a big Jinder fan, but I actually enjoyed that match. Good wrestling on the show. Lots of star power. Ronda being on the show. Goldberg being on the show. Paul Heyman giving his explanation, saying why he chose to be with Roman instead of Brock. He says that for too long... He felt that he had to protect Roman from Brock. When in actuality, he needed to protect Brock from Roman. And he said that he acknowledges his tribal chief. It was all a ruse, everybody. Paul Heyman is back in the bloodline. We all saw that coming. But you know what? This was a good SmackDown. A lot of people were shitting on it. If you were shitting on this episode of SmackDown, I damn sure hope you tuned in right after SmackDown to AEW Rampage for an alternative because, God damn it, I'm sick and tired of people saying that they're sick and tired of the WWE but not giving other companies a chance. So I hope you tuned in and watched AEW Rampage. Someone who did watch AEW Rampage was me. So when we come back from this commercial break, we'll be talking all about AEW Rampage that came on right after SmackDown, 10 o'clock every Friday on TNT. was a pretty good show, and we're going to discuss everything that happened on AEW Rampage when we come back. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Warning. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Rampage from this past Friday. It was a really good show with two title matches, one being the FCW title in the main event and one being the TNT Championship matchup. Really good show. I thought that this was the best Rampage in a long time. I would even venture to say that this was the best Rampage since that Rampage Grand Slam episode in New York City. So let's cut this sexy-ass beat and let's talk about this AEW Rampage. This episode of Rampage took place in Chicago, Illinois. Started out hot. We had Adam Cole come out, and he had his matchup against Evil Uno. And Adam Cole made quick work of Evil Uno. Something that I've been complaining about a lot was Adam Cole getting little offense in on this match. A lot of the wrestlers he's going against gets a lot of offense in on Adam Cole, and a lot of these wrestlers are beneath Adam Cole. And... It's not to say that Adam Cole has to be this untouchable fucking monster, because we all know he's not, but the thing is, it doesn't make sense to have someone of the star power of Adam Cole getting his ass beat by guys like, you know, Wheeler Yuta, or guys that, you know, anyone who's not on that level. So, it was cool to see Adam Cole make quick work of Evil Uno, and then Adam Cole then got on the mic and cut a hellacious promo talking about that this is a new Adam Cole, a more ruthless Adam Cole, He said that everywhere he's been, Adam Cole eventually becomes the guy. Whether it's Ring of Honor, NXT, he's been the guy. And that's true. Adam Cole goes to Ring of Honor. A couple years later, Adam Cole is the most talked about wrestler in Ring of Honor. Adam Cole goes to PWG. A couple years later, Adam Cole is the PWG champion and the most talked about wrestler in PWG. Adam Cole goes to NXT. A couple years later, Adam Cole is the most talked about wrestler at NXT. So it's not a lie. The man's not lying. Adam Cole said that he guarantees that he will be the next AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I would like to see it, but uh, there's going to be some guys in that way. You know what I mean? A couple guys that are going to give Adam Cole a run for his money because you have to imagine that sooner or later... Guys like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, these guys are going to get title runs. Is the next three title runs Brian Danielson, CM Punk, and then Adam Cole? I don't know, but the thing is, Adam Cole, he's going to have to step it up a little bit here in AEW. Now, I know this is the booking of AEW. It's not really Adam Cole, but there is just so much talent on that roster and so little time and very limited spots at the top. Adam Cole versus Adam Page would be a great matchup. I would love to see it. I think that Adam Cole definitely will eventually be AEW champion. So that guarantee, you can take it to the bank. But, but, when it happens, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be taking the belt off Adam Page too soon. Even though I think that Adam Page's title reign is leaving much to be desired. If you ask me, I think Adam Page... His title ain't been a little boring. 
he his first title defense was a draw. His second one was a great match with uh, Brian Danielson. But then we don't see him for a couple weeks. Now we're going to see him against Lance Archer. Hopefully we see more of the champion on this show. He is supposed to be the guy on this show. We need to see more of him on the show. We need to see more Adam Page in the ring on this show. Kenny Omega's title reign, Kenny Omega was wrestling quite often. Not just in AEW, everywhere. Adam Page hasn't had a match since the beginning of Dynamite on TBS. So that means Adam Page has not had a match since January 5th. We're going into the middle of February. And the rural champion has not had a match since January 5th. I know we're going to see him this Wednesday, but still, it's not enough. Anyway, next on the show, we had a TNT title match between Sammy Guevara and Isaiah Cassidy. Why Isaiah Cassidy got this matchup is <sighs> bullshit to me. Isaiah Cassidy, you know, shouts to Isaiah Cassidy. I, I knew him personally. Cool guy. We, we trained together in House of Glory. Really cool guy. But the thing is, Isaiah Cassidy is not a contender for the title. Isaiah Cassidy literally just lost a matchup last week. And that was a title match. That was a tag team title match. He just lost a tag team title match. Week later, he's getting another title match. I don't know why. I don't know why. This whole HFO thing with Andrade, it's kind of stupid. I, I don't get it. I don't know why Andrade needs to team up with Matt Hardy to try to recruit Darby Allen. This shit's just convoluted. And if this leads to Andrade... Versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT champion and Andrade becoming TNT champion. I'm all for it. If this leads to Andrade versus Darby Allen, I'm all for it. I just don't get the inclusion of Matt Hardy, the HFO. And this is like the most convoluted way to get to where you're going. Why couldn't Andrade just come out and call out Darby? Say, hey, I like you. I want to be a team with you. Darby says, no, they have a match. Why can't Andrade just fucking go against... Sammy Guevara for the TNT champion. I don't get it. One thing I got to say is if you're going to give out random title matches like Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy, there is more compelling matches that you could do if you're just going to throw out random title matches like that. Why not do a Sammy Guevara versus Andrade title match then? If you're saving that, good. Fine. But Sammy Guevara does not need to put up the title against goddamn Isaiah Cassidy. Why is there a ranking system? Now, I know this whole, you know, open challenge shit for the TNT champion. It's all fine and dandy. But why is there a ranking system? I don't get the ranking system if the ranking system is obsolete when it comes to these title matches. Lance Archer shouldn't have been ranked for a title match. Lance Archer was injured for the last fucking six months. Why is he getting a title match? Why is... Isaiah Cassidy getting a title match when Isaiah Cassidy literally was just losing a title match last week. Don't get the damn logic here. But, nonetheless, it was a pretty good matchup. Isaiah Cassidy got some offense in. Sammy Guevara showed what he could do. It looks like Guevara's putting on some weight, too. It looks like he's been in the gym pumping that iron, you know what I mean? I, I, I like to see that. It definitely shows that he's taking this more serious and honing his craft. Next on this rampage, we got Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. This was the match I was really looking forward to. And the intensity was there. These two women were beating each other's ass like they owed the money. You know what I mean? I, I really enjoyed this match. 
it was a very, very rare occurrence when I seen a DQ finish here because we barely get DQs in AEW. We can have 16,000 interferences and we don't get a DQ. We can have tables, chairs, everything in regular title matches and there's no DQ. So when there was an actual DQ, it was a little refreshing. You know, you know. It's funny how WWE could do a DQ and it's like, God damn, here goes the DQs. Another DQ. AEW does a DQ. It's like the first DQ we've seen on TV since they started. The story here was Thunder Rosa got knocked out when Mercedes Martinez went under the ring and pulled out a lead pipe and just swung at her head. Mercedes Martinez then goes backstage and says, Hey, I didn't say I was here to beat Thunder Rosa. I said I was here to take out Thunder Rosa, and that is exactly what I did. Then she was confronted by Britt Baker, who I was like, whoa, what does Britt have to do with this? Britt Baker said, hey, that's not what I brought you in for. So it wasn't, it wasn't smart Mark Sterling. It wasn't Jade Cargill who brought in Mercedes Martinez. It was Britt Baker. It was revealed here that Britt Baker brought in Mercedes Martinez to take out Thunder Rosa. But Mercedes Martinez thought she did the job, but Britt Baker wasn't happy. Britt Baker wanted her to beat Thunder Rosa so she could go down in the rankings. But that's not what happened. Thunder Rosa won the match by DQ. So she said, that's not why I brought you in here. Next time, win the matchup or you'll be fired from here quicker than your last job. Talking about her time in NXT being extremely short. This is interesting. I just don't like the fact that Thunder Rosa is... Not Thunder Rosa. I just don't like the fact that Britt Baker got guns for hire already with Jamie Hayter and Rebel. But she's hiring outside to get, take out Thunder Rosa. <sighs> Look. We are going to eventually get Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. And when we get that match, I do think that Thunder Rosa takes that women's title from Britt Baker. In the middle of all this, having this feud between Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa, I'm cool with it. Are we going to get a rematch soon? I hope so. Is it going to be a clean finish this time? I hope so. But I I just don't know why you would have Britt Baker hire more women to take out Thunder Rosa when she already has pretty much a bodyguard in Jamie Hayter and a servant in Rebel. I don't know. But, like I said, I am all for more Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa, and I am all for Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa because last year, that Lights Out match between them was one of the best matches in AEW of the whole year. Anyway... Main event on the show for the FTW title. We got Jay Lethal versus Ricky Starks. Rare to see both these guys in the ring on AEW. And it's a shame because this match proved why both of these men are great, great wrestlers. And should be showcased on AEW. This was for the FTW champion. An unrecognized champion by any promotion. A renegade title. I think that... This was a great, great main event. I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I really, really recommend people go see this. That closing sequence where Jay Lethal goes for a lethal injection, and it gets reversed into the Rochambeau by Ricky Starks was absolutely insane. The fluidity, I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it up, and I'm going to roll with it. But the fluidity of the lethal injection getting reversed into the Rochambeau is 
freaking beautiful. Beautiful. Artistic. Lovely. Extraordinary. Mwah, chef kiss. That was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Ricky Starks retains the FTW champion. Where does Jay Lethal go from here? Jay Lethal was brought into this company with lots of pop and circumstance, no pun intended. And ever since, he's been on TV three times. One, he got a TNT title match, lost. Was in the Dynamite Diamond Ring uh, Battle Royal, lost. Pretty quickly, too. He was like the first one to get eliminated. And then he challenges for the FTW title and loses. So where does Jay Lethal go from here? Jay Lethal is not a talent that you waste. Jay Lethal is a talent that is a huge once-in-a-lifetime wrestler. Jay Lethal might be the biggest name never to go to the WWE. So what do you do with Jay Lethal at this point? It's going to be interesting to see if there is a direction for Jay Lethal at this point. Anyway, I enjoyed this episode of AEW Rampage. Go out of your way to see it. Like I said, if you don't like SmackDown, watch Rampage. And if you didn't like Rampage, maybe you would like SmackDown. If you don't know who these guys are and want more stars, go watch the fucking stars of SmackDown. You got Goldberg. You got Ronda Rousey. You got Roman Reigns. If you want to see less stars of yesterday and you want to see more stars of tomorrow... Watch AW Rampage and see Ricky Starks and see Sammy Guevara and see Darby Allen. Anyway, like I said, good show. But you know what was a great show? I'll tell you what was a great show. Survivor Series 1996 from Madison Square Garden. It is the next stop on the fight for Monday night. So when we come back, like we always do on Mondays, we're ending the show with a little old school action. I'm taking you all the way back to 1996. So strap in that DeLorean seatbelt because we're about to go on a ride. So we'll be right back after this commercial break with Survivor Series 1996. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Take it off in my arms and 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the fight for Monday night, where we go back in time and we discuss every Monday night Raw and pay-per-view from 1995 all the way into the modern day, so we got a long way to go. But we are here on the next stop on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We're going to be going back in time at the Survivor Series 1996, a super stack show live from Madison Square Garden. We got Mankind versus Undertaker. We got Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. We got the debut of Rocky Maivia, and we got Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid. So, without further ado, let's talk about this super stack show because this was one hell of a show. Survivor Series 1996 took place in Madison Square Garden, the mecca, the home of sports. If this this couldn't have been a better venue for this type of match. Well, this type of card, I should say. We got a lot on this card. A whole lot. So let's get into it right now. Starting off the show for Madison Square Garden, we had a traditional Survivor Series matchup. It was the British Bulldog teaming up with Owen Hart, teaming up with the New Rockers, which was Leaf Cassidy, a.k.a. Al Snow, and Marty Jannetty. They went against the debut of Doug Furness, Phil LaFon, who I've been actually covering a lot recently when I talk about the old school ECW shows. But... They are here in the WWE here in 1996. Doug Furness, Phil Lafon, and the Godwins. This was a really good matchup. I, I really enjoyed this. You know, starting off, it came down to Furness and Lafon and the Bulldog and Owen Hart. Quickly, the new Rockers and the Godwins were eliminated. Surprisingly, Phil Lafon actually got the pin on British Bulldog here. Making his debut, that's a huge victory for him. Lafon, though, was taken out afterwards by elimination. After the elimination, British Bulldog took out Phil Lafon, which left an injured Phil Lafon and Doug Furness versus Owen Hart. Doug Furness and Lafon pick up the victory. Huge victory. Huge upset, I should say. These two coming from All Japan Pro Wrestling, making their debut here in the Garden, and they're getting a victory over Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Pretty big. Next, the second match. I was surprised we got this so early. We got Mankind versus The Undertaker. Mankind comes out with Paul Bear. Paul Bear refuses to get into the shark cage because if you remember, like I said last week, Paul Bear is going to get put in the shark cage and he's going to be suspended high above the arena. We next get The Undertaker making his entrance where he descends from the rafters. Really, really awesome to see. We have we have not seen Undertaker since the Buried Alive match. Undertaker comes down like a bat. He has his cape, and he's just gliding down. It was fucking awesome. This was also the first time Undertaker switched up the attire a little bit. He's not wearing the uh, the traditional, you know, purple gloves that he wears and the tie and all that. Undertaker looks a lot different here. He's wearing an all-leather suit. Looks like he has the cut sleeves. He has, you know, wrist tape instead of the gloves. Really interesting look for Undertaker. I really like the entrance of him coming down, looking like Batman. It was fucking awesome. Anyway, Paul Bear refuses to go into the shark cage. Undertaker forces him in. This was really good. This was a really good, intense matchup. You could really feel the hatred between these two in this matchup. This matchup doesn't get talked about a lot. You know, a lot. we get a, a lot of talk about the Buried Alive match. We get a lot of talk about the Boiler Room match. We get a lot of talk about the uh, infamous Hell in a Cell between these two. But go out of your way to see Undertaker versus Mankind from Survivor Series 96. Because I gotta say, there was... a a lot of intensity in this match. You could really feel the hatred between these guys. Taker was putting that extra oomph on every single blow. 
Taker wins with a tombstone. Afterwards, Paul Bear is lowered. Taker wants Paul Bear. He's waiting for the cage to open up so he could attack Paul Bear. But the executioner comes out. He attacks Undertaker, allowing Paul Bear to get away. Undertaker takes out the executioner. He stands tall to win the matchup. Next, Sunny is out. Sunny is here. She's dancing with Vince McMahon, who looks cringy as fuck dancing with Sunny. That's a little weird. By the way, Vince McMahon and JR was on the call. It was really cool to hear JR on this show. Sonny joins JR and Vince McMahon on commentary for the next matchup, which is yet another traditional Survivor Series matchup. We got Crush teaming up with Goldust, teaming up with Jerry the King Lawler, teaming up with Hunter Hearst Helmsley to go against Mark Miro, the Stalker, the debut of Rocky Maivia. And it was announced that Mark Henry was injured, so his replacement was Jake the Snake Roberts. This was a really good matchup as well. I enjoyed this. The Rock got a lot of offense in. Rocky Maivia looked really good. The crowd was behind him. Sunny was talking about wanting to have The Rock as one of her clients and wanting to manage The Rock. Jake the Snake Roberts eliminated The King early on by the DDT, which is Jake the Snake Gang is just due because The King been on him about, you know, being a former alcoholic. So it was cool to see Jake the Snake Roberts beat The King here. Goldust eliminates The Stalker. Mark Miro eliminates Triple H. Mark Miro's then taken out by Crush. Crush pins Jake the Snake Roberts. It comes down to Rocky Maivia and Goldust. And Crush, Crush is about to hit the hard punch on Rocky Maivia. He ducks and accidentally hits his partner Goldust. This leads to The Rock pinning Crush. And then it's all down to Maivia versus Goldust. Rocky Maivia wins in his debut. Really impressive showing for Rocky Maivia, especially... They, it's like they knew that this guy was going to be the guy because in his debut, he got pretty big victories here against Goldust, Crush. Really, really interesting. Next, we got an amazing, amazing video package for Brett the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Todd Pettingale is interviewing a very intense Stone Cold Steve Austin. He says he's ready to kick Bret Hart's ass. He's ready to destroy Bret Hart. We then get Stone Cold Steve Austin making his entrance in Madison Square Garden. Really, really cool here. Next, we got Bret Hart being interviewed by Ty Pettingale. He says that tonight, Austin will respect him. He's not out here for money. He's out here for respect. And he said that after this, after all is said and done, Austin will respect him. Here we go. It was also announced last minute that this is a number one contenders match. The winner of this match will go against the winner of Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid. This was an absolute classic. Things quickly break down into a brawl between these two. They brawl into the crowd. Austin lawn darts Bret Hart into the Spanish announce table. Like I said, this was just a classic. Intensity at a whole new level. This is when WWE started to step it up. This is when WWE went from cartoon wrestling to badass wrestling. Where brawling was more of a thing, you know. Stone Cold and Bret Hart had a perfect mixture of technical wrestling and brawling. These two fought. These two wrestled, and these two fought. If that made any sense, these two had a fucking phenomenal matchup. Go out of your way. A lot of people talk about WrestleMania 13. Go watch Survivor Series 1996 between Stone Cold and Bret Hart, because this was a fucking classic. Afterwards, well, first, Stone Cold Steve Austin tries to end the match by putting on the Million Dollar Dream. Bret Hart rolls him backwards for the pin. One, two, three. We get a victory. Bret Hart pins Stone Cold. Absolutely amazing. JR then says on commentary that 
Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid would not be able to beat Bret Hart tonight if they had a match with him tonight. Vince McMahon disagrees. JR is like, you know, whatever. I'm going to give you my opinion. Whatever. Fuck you guys, you know. <laughs> Next, we got a Psycho Sid promo. He says that he will do absolutely anything and everything to walk out tonight as world champion. Next, we got another traditional Survivor Series matchup. It is the Nation Domination coming out with the live performance from PG-13. This leads to Farouk teaming up with Fake Razor Ramon, teaming up with Fake Diesel. Fuck Fake Razor and fuck Diesel. Yo. I I know it's been talked about a thousand times. I know I'm like the fucking hundredth person to talk about this. But why? Fake Razor and Fake Diesel. Yeah, we literally just had a classic between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret the Hitman Hart. We're talking about Fake Razor and Fake Diesel the next match. What the fuck? Anyway, they team up with Vader. They go against Savio Vega, Yokozuna, a debuting Flash Funk, a.k.a. Two Cold Scorpio. A lot of debuts on the show. You got Phil Fon, Doug Furness. You had Two Cold Scorpio. You had Rocky Maivia. A lot of debuts. WWE was throwing a lot of new talent out here. And their mystery partner, who went into the Hall of Fame the night before, their mystery partner was none other than Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Now, whether you respect Jimmy Snuka or not for allegations that came out about him killing Nancy Argentino, whether you respect him or not, whether you believe he did it or not, you can't deny that this man is a legend and the crowd popped louder than anybody else when they saw the Superfly coming and returning to Madison Square Garden. This was... A really good matchup until things broke down. Things broke down pretty, pretty quickly, though. Large, very large ECW chance for Flash Funk. Everyone recognizing that that was too cold Scorpio. Uh, He hit a huge top rope moonsault to the outside, which you don't see often in WWF, especially at this time. Uh, Fake Diesel or, you know, Big Daddy Glenn. Big Daddy Glenn Jacobs. He eliminates Savio Vega. Superfly Jimmy Snooker hits a huge Superfly splash on Fake Razor for the victory. Big Daddy Glenn then comes back in and hits Superfly with a chair. We get a massive pull apart and a brawl between everybody leading to a double DQ of both teams. Cool action for when it lasted, but it seemed like a waste of time because we had eight DQs all in once. That was a little weird. Seemed like we just needed something to, you know, have a placeholder for something, a breather between Stone Cold and Bret Hart in the main event, which we're getting right now. Great package for the HBK and Sid match. Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid, things break down pretty quickly. It's a brawl. It is speed versus power. Obviously, Psycho Sid is outpowering Shawn Michaels in this matchup. Really good stuff, though. Shawn Michaels is winning with speed, though. He, he's too fast for the large lumber Psycho Sid. But Psycho Sid is hitting some fucking haymakers. He, he's, he's smashing Shawn Michaels in this matchup. Uh, Psycho Sid, he, in the ending, Psycho Sid grabs the camera and he hits Jose Lothario in the chest, which leads to Shawn Michaels to go outside and check on him. Psycho Sid hits Shawn Michaels with the camera, throws him into the ring, hits the huge powerbomb, one, two, three, new champion, Psycho Sid. Now, this was a very good matchup, very underrated matchup. I see a lot of people hating on this matchup throughout the years. Fuck that. I thought it was a great matchup. The story of this matchup, though, was the crowd was turning against Shawn Michaels. In this matchup, the crowd booed Shawn Michaels out of the garden. 
The last time Shawn Michaels was in the garden at this time was the curtain call. And this time, Shawn Michaels is getting booed out the garden. And they are 100% behind Psycho Sid. To the point when, when Psycho Sid won that title, that crowd popped like a motherfucker. This was a real typical New York City crowd. They did not want to see white meat babyface Shawn Michaels. They wanted to see badass heel Psycho Sid. And that's exactly what they got on this night. Psycho Sid is your new WWF world champion. I thought that this show was the turning of a new chapter for the WWF. This show was the start of a very amazing run from 97 all the way to 2001. This is like the start of the Attitude Era. This is still pre-Attitude Era, but this is where things start to heat up. This is the stove clicking before the fire comes up. You know how you ever put on the stove? It goes... And then the flame comes up? This is the clicks. This is the clicks, if that makes sense. this I never heard anyone use that analogy. I'm a fucking trendsetter. Sorry. Anyway, really good show. I gave this show a very strong four out of five stars. I loved it. There was filler in between, but the matches that were the marquee matches all delivered. Each match that was a marquee match, whether it's Undertaker versus Mankind, Shawn Michaels versus... Uh, Psycho Sid and Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. They all had that big fight feel and they all delivered. What a show. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like I said, four out of five. Catch me on Wednesday. We're going to be talking all about tonight's Monday Night Raw, tomorrow's NXT. And like we do every Wednesday, we go back in time and talk about ECW Hardcore TV. You don't want to miss it. Check me out on Wednesday. Tune into the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. I appreciate you guys. I salute you guys. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I love you. I'll catch you Wednesday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. One love. Stay safe. Peace out. Tough in the hood till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Who can fuck with the Nero? I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bash it like Ozzy. I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver Don, out of the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross. That's when you ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streets, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that get tough in the hood till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up some. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal Niggas that get tough in the hood, till the wolves come 
bitches love to drink in the club. To the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.